Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to a, another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast, where I am still the aforementioned Chase Thomas. It's Monday on this program, Monday, October 7th, or 18th, rather. Uh, so you know what that means. College football is in your podcast feed with my good friend and fellow University of North Georgia alumni, Matt Green. Matt, how are you? Good evening, sir. It is uh, good to be back at it, back at the pod. Another uh, excellent weekend of college football, so let's let's do this. Uh, a boring weekend in Knoxville, Tennessee, I must attest. Not a lot went on uh, here mm. in Knoxville. So uh, so you weren't at the game, correct? Unbelievable that I did not go to this game. I'm so happy with my decision. Like I, As it was unfolding, I don't think I would have gotten home until like 4 or 5 a.m. Because there were 102,000 still full and the parking lots and everything. Parking's a problem on campus. Like I genuinely don't know how long it took for people to get out and they shut down the highways and everything. Like I'm going to guess I would not have gotten home till three or four. So, no uh, I mean, what do you have to say, man? I feel like that was a terrible showing, right? The call, they got the call right. No, like, they didn't. The one well, that they were so, so mad about, the fourth and 24. Okay, like, so clearly was... you didn't watch this game. I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there. I mean, that won't, it wasn't the one call usually that mm-hmm. ex- excites a crowd like that. I, I definitely agree that that first one with Corral, like the mm-hmm. scoop and score they had, that was an awful call. I don't know how you can say like the forward progress being stopped or whatever in that situation. Especially considering the, the whistle was not blown. So they did not blow a whistle for yeah, forward progress that's... being stopped. So they changed it after the fact um, because Corral just acted like he didn't understand what was going on. Um, but then when you've seen those calls before too, I feel like I'm, I'm always, I I never liked that call when the play is still happening and a guy fumbles, like going backwards, like it's still happening. Like there's no stopping forward progress. Like that's, that's kind of garbage, but throwing the stuff on the field, I feel like specifically at the Ole Miss team too. It's like, it's one thing to throw things on the field, but like straight throwing it at the opposing team. That was insane. That was like, that was just madness. Well, I told you on this program when Heupel suggested that the crowd be hostile, and I'm not pinning this obviously on Coach Heupel, but what I'm saying is that like sold out venue, Kiffin's return, uh, beer sales, alcohol sales in the building, people pre-gaming and tailgating for 12 hours on campus, and then moving into the stadium for the biggest showdown with a villain who... This is part of, like, Kiffin's funny. Like, the stuff that he tweets and stuff like that and the way he handles all of it, um, it's objectively funny. Him catching the water bottle, leaving the the venue, and then throwing his visor into the stands. Like, these are objectively funny things, but it's also just that, like, you're still stirring the pot. Like, you're, you know what you're doing. Like, you're still getting these angry, drunk people um, angrier. Uh, I'm not putting this obviously on Kevin. Like this is just all really complicated, and obviously I don't condone what happened there. And it was a bad look to throw all that, and it was it was just not a good look. Like there's just no no excuse for any of that. But it's also just like, um, what did you think was going to happen in this environment? Like this was something I was concerned about this week, and I that was part of the reason I did not want to be there in person. Like I expected something like this if the game was close because of the confluence of events and everything that went into this game. Um, the game was poorly officiated. 
there's no question about it. And Greg Sankey not addressing the officiating, but addressing the the water ball throwing and everything else. Like I thought that was just something that was not going <laughs> to appease the 99.9% of people that he said were acting accordingly, which is important to note because there were 102,000 people at this game. And then you see on Twitter, it's like, oh, the, the trashy Nealon fans and all this kind of stuff. It's like, well, 102,000 people didn't do that. It was about 50 to 100 people um, did that, but it was not good. It was a bad look. All that can be true. Um, but the way this game was like, once that happened, that opening series, like once Corral got that fumble reversed um, and their explanation for why it was reversed, it, it, it I was nervous because if you go to these games, Matt, I don't know if you've seen with beer sales in college football venues now, people just double fist because they don't want to wait in the line because lines are long and they're understaffed. So they just get two tall boys and then they chug those and then they go back in and get two like it, but you can't blame this on alcohol. You, you know? can it's absolutely like NFL, part. Oh, for sure. NFL games have had alcohol for, you know, decades. So it's like, it's not like these people like are, are just now drinking at Tennessee games. You know, it's like they've been getting hammered going to Tennessee games forever. It's, it's a tale as old as time. It's family heritage. But I don't think it's just that. I think I'm not saying it's only alcohol. I'm saying that is a major part of it like i just don't think there's a way around admitting that's like unless you've been in knoxville and seen how tailgates work and seen how it works inside and out like it's just hard to understate a stadium that big with a fan base this passionate it's one of those things where you lose the moral high ground once you do something like that right it's like yeah, Sankey might should address like some questionable calls. Well, it's not even just that. He like, should have addressed that. He should have addressed the, on the injuries. Way, like so, main store. so Ole Miss was falling. Like so, Tennessee. The reason that like whenever they would get any kind of momentum offensively, because they were getting momentum, Ole Miss would drop, and then that player would come back in a play later, and that sort of thing. And Hypel talked about this after the game, where it's like I I'm not on the committee. I, I don't know what to say. Like we like that's something that they have to do, work on. Whatever. Um, but that's a problem. Like you have to pull them and they were like openly pontificating on the broadcast, um, about like what to do. Like, how do you stop this? Because old miss was literally, um, just inhibiting Tennessee from getting any rhythm offensively at times because of the, the faking of injuries and you can't do anything about it. Like, how do you legislate that out of the game? I don't know. It's just like, if you, cause it makes it like, it makes it impossible to decipher who's actually injured and who's not. And it's just when the player goes back in a play later, then you obviously know what he was doing. Um, I think there, there's just so many things, so many different variables that like the obvious one is you don't do that. It's a bad look. It's garbage. Don't do it. However, there was so much going on and this was one of the worst called games i have seen and i am not that kind of person who blames officials and like tennessee ultimately did not lose because of that tennessee lost because um of a multitude of reasons Tion evans not playing that hurt them jabari small is just not that guy uh the offensive line being in shambles uh cade mays only playing three snaps um the whole right side of the line that like, cooker was getting obliterated him not sliding enough he's he's probably gone for the year it looks like hooker's now gone for the year joe milton ran out of bounds as time expired, he ran out of bounds. That happened in a football game. Like that, of course, is how this game ended. Joe Milton running out of bounds on the last play of the game. Um, yeah, I don't know what he was thinking on that one. It was just 
<laughs> you gotta have some awareness there. I mean, but I'm one of those guys who I couldn't get over with mm. the fans like reacting the way they did. It's like you have three timeouts left. You can stop them and get the ball back, which is exactly what they did after like the 20 minute break we went on. Mm. It's like there's just there's no we're no reason to lose just lose your mind like that. And it's like you can say it's like 50 to 100, but like. It was. It had to be way more than that. No. With how long they continued to throw things. Like, I mean, obviously it wasn't all 100,000 people, but that would be, that would be fucking, that would be chaos. Correct. But it's still enough people throwing it to be a bad representation of the Tennessee fan base. You know, it's like, unfortunate, like, obviously that's not everybody, but it's still like a, a really bad look. I'm not disagreeing with that part. It's a bad look on that front, but it's a bad look for 150 people. Like, it's not a bad look for 102,000 passionate fans. Like, it's not, it's not I mean, those people are representing Tennessee at you the end of the day. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't just group I mean, everyone. I'm not saying all Tennessee fans are, you know, obnoxious rednecks <laughs> who throw shit on the field, but that did happen, and it was Tennessee's fans in their stadium. Like, mm-hmm. You know, you can't really, you got to own it, you know? Like, same with the Braves. I, I don't have there. to own it. I wasn't a part of it. And the majority of the fan base weren't a part but of it. You know like, who has to own it? Just, the people who did it. You can't say that your fans didn't do something that was, like, an embarrassment, you know? It's like, I was at the wild card game, uh, Braves-Cardinals years ago, with the infield fly rule, when the Braves fans did throw things on the mm-hmm. field. It's like, it's just it's just classless. Not, not to mention, it's like, the refs aren't going to pick it up, you know, like, like what's, it was just a pointless thing to do. That's just going to delay the game. Like, and it's just, it's just a bad look all around. I don't disagree with any of that. Um, poorly called game. Tennessee's in a lot of trouble. It looks like Joe Milton's going to start against Bama. I think Bama opened as like four touchdown favorites. Um, it's about to get really rough. Uh, losing hooker is just a devastating blow. Um, for the yeah, rest of the season. Get some real Kellen Mond vibes from uh from Hendon Hooker on Saturday. Mm. Yeah, like uh just really impressed with his playmaking. Tennessee just seemed to, you know, have an identity offensively once he took over. So I mean, is it known that he's missing the rest of the season or he's just he's out for indefinitely right now? It just it was bad. And the the stuff that I've read and the people that I've talked to, it uh certainly seems to be pretty ominous, I will say. But we'll mm. see. We'll see. I hope I hope the best because he's been a delight and really a savior for for this season. Um, well, that covers Tennessee Ole Miss. Uh, it's good because they weren't even in our pick em. Oh, no, they were in our pick em, Never mind. Um, so wait, no, were they? No, were they? Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. OK. Um, but yeah, that that's it. Uh, Matt Corral is a warrior. That kid took a beating as well. Um, I don't know. It was it was pretty crazy. I also will say. This is not surprising whatsoever with the network and with what we know about Sankey and everything like that. But, like, um, they showed Kiffin so much in this game, man. Like, I don't know, like, I don't know why that is, but Hypel, I like the, the sports renaissance woman and I looked at each other, we're like, they have not showed him like maybe two to three times in this game. Like, they yeah, have showed that's the storyline, though. But you they just show Kiffin game. all the time. They, and they would not stop talking about Corral. They wouldn't talk about Hendon Hooker and what he was doing with this team. They weren't talking about the absence of Tion Evans. They weren't talking about the impact of the offensive line being in shambles right now. They wouldn't talk about um, 
Tyler Barron and Byron Young doing their work, uh, Juwan Mitchell being out for the season in this limited linebacker room because they got torched. Like that was the story of the game too is Banks and uh, Beasley getting torched by Corral and not being able to effectively spy him because Tennessee held everything in check except the quarterback spies on third third and long. So he's Matt Corral's just a paper cut machine. Um, he, he's not a big play guy, just paper cut, paper cut, paper cut. And it's it's very frustrating. The game was almost identical to what Florida did against Tennessee and what with Emory Jones. It was almost the exact same situation. Um, but yeah, you live, you learn, you move on. Um, and hopefully the best for yeah, Hendon Hooker. You, yeah, you got to be impressed with what Matt Corral did just as far as like just carrying his team. Mm-hmm. But he really carried him. The fact that he needed to carry the ball 30 times like mm-hmm. i don't feel like that's a good sign for Ole miss well parish had nothing like, connor and parish did nothing tennessee's run defense has been good all year and they did nothing against uh the balls front seven yeah i mean if, if matt corral's gonna have to run that much like not only will he probably get hurt at some point he's just not a big guy but that's just not that's just not what you need your quarterback doing week in and week out i, I just don't think it's a sustainable you know, way to play. Honestly, I could see him losing a couple times just with, you know, if they're relying on Corral to, to really, you know, supplement the run game like that, like 30 carries, like that's, that's kind of insane. I don't even think it's kind of insane. I think that's just insane. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give my brother credit too. He, mm-hmm. he said, uh, he threw out the Deshaun Watson comparison with Matt Corral. And I was like, ah, you know, I don't see that. Like he's athletic, but he's not used in the design run the same way Watson was at Clemson. But I mean, the way he looked on Saturday, like it really was giving some uh, some Deshaun Watson vibes. He might be the number one pick in the draft next year. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's been the best quarterback in college football, I think, through, you know, seven games so far. I mean, it's either him or Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I would I would give the nod to Corral. I mean, Pickett's put up bonkers numbers. Pickett's been remarkable. Um but yeah, okay. Well, let's uh, let's let's get into our green line, Matt's stat of the weekend. Your segment, sir. What is uh, what is your stat of the weekend? My stat of the weekend, sir, is that the Florida Gators <laughs> are now two and six in their last eight games versus Power Five competition. Mm. Is that bad? That's not good. It's not good. The team and, they just uh, lost LSU, to fired their coach this week. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I was just about to say LSU is eight and seven uh, since winning the national championship against Power Five competition, and they're firing their head coach. So mm. I don't know. Is it time for the Dan Mullen hot seat talk? What are, What are you? What are your thoughts? We'll have to see how this goes. I think at the very. I don't think we're there yet because I think Grantham is. I, I don't know how he's not the first to go. So I think we're at the point where it's like. Mullen's gonna have to move on from Grantham, and a lot of people made the point like he should have done it before this season, like he should have done it after last year. But uh, I don't know. I think it's gonna come down to his loyalty there and fixing this defense. Because I mean, the offense is fine. Um, his loyalty to Emory Jones, it's probably cost him a little bit. But that weird quote about Richardson, he had to come back out and say, "I'm committed to Florida." I don't interpret it that way, but I don't know. Um, I don't think Mullen's in the hot seat yet just because of how last year went. But I think if he does this again next year, yes, I think we're talking about it. I just think we're at the point where Grantham has to fall and then we'll see. 
yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. We'll get uh, we'll get all the way into Florida LSU uh, when we're going through the through the pick'em. But um, do we have to? Yeah, we gotta get all. That was a good one. That was a great game. We gotta get into that one. Okay. I I pick great. uh, I just oh, can I make a point for uh, my headline story of the weekend? Can I give you my headline story of the weekend? I mean, is is there any other story? I feel like there's really the one huge headline. What is your headline, sir? Um, take Georgia off national television until the SEC title game. I think we're there. I think we're there. It's just a waste of time. Like it really is a waste of time. I don't oh, know why. Do great ratings though, man. I don't know why. It it was an awful watch. I hated that game. I watched the whole thing, Matt. And the notes I was taking, I'm like, why am I taking notes on this? This game's over. Like there was a point where it's just UK had to that drive, that long drive in what was it, the second quarter where they just they had the 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 screens. Wandale was doing the jet sweeps. You had the tight ends getting involved. Rig, who's just gigantic, and then they're just calling all kinds of great plays. And then I think Rig is the one who had the touchdown at the end. They did just unload everything. Like Liam Cohen had to just pull all of his best plays to get one touchdown, and then it was over. Because uh, like they just they punted. They had a couple three and outs, and that's it. Like if you have a couple three and outs against this group, um, it's over. You just that is how it felt, and the like even the touchdown drive at the end. I mean, that mm-hmm. was like a twenty-two play, yeah, like eleven-minute <laughs> drive, like just to get one more touchdown. It's mm-hmm. like it just took so much to get two touchdowns on the board. Like me and my uh, my brother and I were at the game this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, like I told you, and like we were talking, like we're up, you know, in third quarter, like twenty-four-seven, and mm-hmm. it's like, you know, we get points on this drive, it's officially over, you know, and then you're like. I mean, honestly, we have 24 points. It's it's already over. Like, there's mm-hmm. no way they can score 24 points. That's just where this defense is right now. It's just, yeah, you just have to do so much just to just to get just to get one one or two scoring drives the whole game. It's just silly. Like, it's just it it's tough. Like, they just I, Jordan Davis and Carter in that defensive line. It's just not fair. Like, the block field goal was bonkers like jordan davis oh, yeah. i don't know how Dante you block Wyatt it too yeah i just don't know what you do with that it's not fair like it's legitimately like something i wrote down i'm like this is not fair i don't know what you're supposed to do if you're kentucky like what are you supposed to do with this i don't know yeah especially a team that wants to run the ball mm-hmm. like rodriguez like, like why I were think... they doing those draws at the middle it's like you're doing that's a waste of time throw that out the window you don't need to do that ever against georgia tennessee go ahead and throw it out the like do not try and just, oh, we're going to be a little bit physical to make them respect us in the middle. No, they're not going to respect you. They're too big. They're not going to respect you. They're going to mow over your offensive line. That's happening. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a good time to be a Georgia Bulldog right now, man. Okay. Uh, number okay. one in both polls unanimously mm-hmm. for like the first time and probably since the Herschel Walker years. So. Mm. Man, Big you're the stuff. last team standing. Like Iowa going down to Purdue. Like you're the last. I mean, because Cincinnati hey, number I two mean, is there's, bonkers. There's plenty of teams though right now. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously no one's respecting the Oklahoma states and Michigan states of the world right now. We're hardly even Michigan, but like Oklahoma's right there. And Oklahoma, honestly, yeah. Caleb Williams, like they're a legit top three team now. Mm-hmm. Like this, the rate ranking was totally just. I don't know, artificial with mm-hmm. Spencer Rattler at quarterback. Like, yeah, you might it might say number two, number three next year, next to your team, but we all we all can see that this team is flawed. Like with Caleb Williams, this team, they look like the second best team in the country to me right now. Well, what we want is it, 
tell me if you disagree. Like, this is my dream scenario now is I want one Georgia, two Ohio State, three Oklahoma, four Cincy. That's the dream playoff scenario, right? Um, yeah, you just want to see a Georgia Cincinnati. I would love to see what that looks like. I think they get stomped, but I would like to see it where both teams actually take it as seriously as possible, where there's no opt outs and everyone's playing. Um, I don't think Cincinnati has a chance, but I think it would be exciting to watch. I would be very intrigued by it just to see what it looks like. Um, then you get the winner of OU Ohio State, which might be the two best offenses with Caleb Williams, like you said, inserted into there. So if you have those two offenses ready, like, I don't know. Um, I think Ohio State will score on on Georgia. They'll make it interesting. But it does just feel like, man, I'm sorry. I know you don't want to do this, but I just, everything is coming up Georgia. Everything is coming up Georgia right now. The stars well, you know, are aligning. This. I, I, I'm all about it, man. I'm all for Georgia. This being the year that Georgia wins the national championship. The stars are aligning. I don't want to get ahead of... I mean, everything's coming up Atlanta. The Hawks might be the best team in the East this year. Like, who knows? The Braves might the win a World Robins, Series. Man, 2-0. 2-0 mm-hmm. in the NLCS. Gotta love it. What an ending. What an ending. The cardiac Braves. Um, don't bunt. Brian Snicker, I tried to defend you a little bit on the podcast. Terrible decision terrible decision stop bunting <laughs> stop it they like the uh he got bailed out people will forget that that they got bailed out with by eddie rosario shot to eddie rosario in his four hits tonight but um alas let us move but, but that's mm. why you bunt is because okay a base hit like that eddie rosario just had mm-hmm. ball game okay. you win a run mm-hmm. you're you win the game all you do is one run so dodgers made a great play to get that out at second too so can't even hate on that I don't know what your saber metrics, what your what your computers are telling you over there, mm-hmm. but uh, sacrifice bunts can work sometimes. Good lord. Um, well, we've talked about Georgia, Kentucky. We've hit on Tennessee, Old Miss. Let's move to the Big Twelve, the Nooner. I watched this whole thing. This was a great game. Great game. Fox broadcast is top notch. Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt should actually call. Like the only people who should call college football games at this point is Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson and uh, Kirk Herbstreet and uh, Chris Fowler. That's it. Like they're they're elite. No one's touching them. It's not even close. Well, we got like thirty games a day. To, uh, I know. I just want deals, them in the booth. So I don't think. I don't <laughs> think that's a. I don't think that's a logistical possibility. It's but, not. Uh, Can we clone think, them? Yeah. They do an excellent job. Can we clone them? Hey, but what's the uh, crew? Um, Todd Blackledge and the other Mike the other Patrick. Dude? That was two thousand three. No, not Mike <laughs> Patrick. The bald dude. Mm-hmm. Why am I blanking on his name? I think of him. I think of Big East basketball. Joe Sean Tessitore. McDonough. Sean McDonough. Yeah. Sean McDonough. Todd Blackledge. Like that's a quality quality crew. Like, Sean McDonough was actually underrated on Monday Night Football. I thought he was good. Yeah, Tessator is awful. Joe Tessator, Joe, he's Joe awful. Tessator is fine. He Greg McElroy's fine. He, McElroy's fine. Um, the hater. I'm not. I just it's elite. Like I bet Fox, you don't like Jordan Rogers. He was awful. Oh my god, Jordan <laughs> Rogers and Tom Hart were so bad last night. The, it oh, was. See, I got a soft spot for Tom Hart. He's a Braves guy. Well, you know what? He's not like just. Their preposterous take of like how obvious it was that he was, and they were fine with that spot call at the end was just, it was two yards back. Like there wasn't even like the original spot was awful. So the original spot was off. 
It was off by two yards. The right hand was extended, but the ball was in his No, you can't see the other side. They never showed the angle of the other side. You can't see where that knee is, and you can't see where the ball is for that spot. The only way that spot is even anywhere close is if the yellow line is off by a yard or two. That's it. That's what we can't see, and that's what I wanted to see is like where the yellow line versus where the actual first down marker was because I think the yellow line was off on the broadcast, and that would make more sense if the yellow line was off because there is no way that spot was correct if the yellow line is right there with the with the first down marker it's just not yeah i'm fired up again i'm fired up again yeah i can tell (laughs) i want to get you fired up but here here, let me give you Mm -hmm. the uh the totals for the weekend oh no um as you know we uh we had some very similar picks this weekend and uh i did not do very well Mm. so i think that would be you also did not do very well (laughs) since we had so many of the same picks so i was four and seven overall my first losing weekend of the season overall and then three and eight against the spread Mm. and uh you were five and six overall there we go four and seven against the spread so did i make up a game or game on me on on each one but i I left i left the window open this week for you to uh you know close that gap but you know and then zeus is now you know three straight losses on (laughs) so uh, zeus we gotta we gotta get him back he got cocky after those first three wins so you know he's gotta he's gotta do some more research you know get back in the lab you know really really crunch some numbers get get back on track in week eight but um I know we already talked about Georgia-Kentucky. I had, I had a stat for you uh, for Georgia-Kentucky before we move on. Mm-hmm. Stetson Bennett and or, yeah, Stetson Bennett and JT Daniels this year have combined for 1,564 yards, 72% completion percentage, 16 touchdowns, and four picks. Who we were just talking about is probably the best quarterback in college football this year, Matt Corral. Has seventeen hundred and twenty-eight yards, not not quite two hundred more yards than the two combined, si- completing sixty-six percent of his passes. That's worse than uh, Bennett and JT Daniels, and fourteen touchdowns to one interception. So that's three less interceptions, but two less touchdowns. And he also he's he's at nine point four yards per attempt. Bennett and JT Daniels combined are at ten point one yards per attempt. So. I just uh, I know there's a certain thought about what Georgia is this year. Like no one's saying they're not the number one team in the country, but I think people are still drastically overrating, or I should say underrating how good and how like explosive this offensive attack really is. Like their their quarterback play has been basically as good as anyone in the SEC. It just doesn't seem like it because they're blowing teams out and they're not having to to throw the ball all around the yard, but they. They are they are throwing the ball well and like they have an explosive offense and Kentucky had the ball for like 15 minutes more than Georgia in this game. It was almost 38 minutes to 23 minutes time of possession. So Kentucky was basically just holding the ball and Georgia was still able to put up 30 points on them. So I feel like it's just just this uh this offense is so impressive and I think Stetson Bennett isn't really getting as much love as he should. Like he was. He started as just kind of a, a game manager or whatever. That's what people want to call him, even though it's not even really his style. He's honestly more of a gunslinger, but he's just he's a, the scrappy walk on. So people just kind of assume he's a he's a game manager. But the guy can uh, can throw it deep and he's been super accurate so far this year for Georgia. 
How do we get back on Georgia? What happened here? Uh, how do we? How do we? We kind of skimmed over. We jumped in. Uh-huh. We jumped into some games before we really got in the pick 'em. So yeah. you know, I just had I had some things set up that I wanted mm. to uh, some nuggets I wanted to put <laughs> out there for Georgia. So I had to I had to throw them out there. But great, love it. But yeah, but we can get <laughs> back to our get. We can get back to our pick 'em. Oh man, uh, but I think you and I could have completed some passes behind that offensive line on on Saturday in Athens. I don't know. Dude had some time. Dude had some time to to figure okay. some stuff out, and also Marshall looks like a star. Like he is a star in waiting. He's freestyling out there. I like Marshall. It. Marshall was uh, is it not Marshall? Receiver Who are you talking about the receiver. Oh, um, Ad Mitchell. Mitchell. Why did I say Marshall? Yeah, Ad Mitchell. True, excuse uh, me. True freshman. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He looks. Re- and for most like of the him. game, it was basically Mitchell Bowers. And McConkie were basically in on just about every single play. So it's it's just crazy with what this Georgia's offense is doing without, you know, we know about George Pickens, but even Jermaine Burton, like Dominic Blaylock, Kyrus Jackson, like so many of the guys that you thought were the top four or five weapons on Georgia coming into the year. Even Darnell Washington's, you know, just now coming back. He's probably got two or three catches on the year. Like, it's just crazy with what this offense, how good they've been and just how many guys they're still missing. And I honestly think there was a lot of guys that could have been back for this game. Mm-hmm. And maybe even the week week before, I think JT Daniels kind of included that. I think Georgia just doesn't really need them. Like, honestly, I think they can win without risking further injury to some of these players. And they're just going to get everybody back. Cause as good as Stetson Bennett has been, I still think this offense has room for improvement. And I think when JT Daniels is in, I think he's still the better quarterback. Yeah, uh, I, I, it's just a, it's an amazing flex for him to just, them just be like, yeah, he's, he's still a little, it's like he's a little under the weather. We're just going to, we're just going to keep holding him back until we're actually concerned about being tested. That's how you know not to put him on national television. It's like, they're not concerned to put JT out there. So take them off. <laughs> it really is. Cause it, and you, it, it seemed like for a while it was like, well, we'll just make JT, make sure JT is ready for the Florida game. Mm-hmm. And now it would look out at Florida. You're like, well, Oh, Georgia could probably beat could probably beat Florida without without JT Daniels mm-hmm. too. Maybe just wait till he wait till the Alabama game. But obviously, that's a crazy thing to just let Stetson start like seven or eight games in a row and then put JT Daniels in there. So at some point, he's got to play or Stetson Bennett's the guy. I wonder what the over under is on Stetson starting the SEC title game against Alabama. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, I. <sighs> I wouldn't know what out. fans want. As 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 much of a feel good story as he is, that is that is still not not first first uh first, first choice. choice. Yeah. Speaking of not first choice, Texas Oklahoma State. So Casey Thompson, I don't think is the first choice for a lot of Longhorns fans. Um, this game was interesting because Texas did a lot of stuff early on where I was like, oh, they're going to get it. They're going to run away with this. And when they went up two scores, uh, Bijan Robinson doing his thing, learned that he grew up idolizing reggie bush um they both were five like Bijan's a, a star however okc just doesn't they don't break um they won this game in the second half they dominated on defense like ok state's defense is legit i am so ready for bedlam so ready for bedlam because i think it's going to be so interesting to see the disparity between these two teams but the difference warren this running back little man but he is a workhorse. He like Chuba Hubbard who out there in 
okay state country. Um, he was on fire. They had no answers. Oklahoma State's composure was top notch. Like they did not like there was an awesome pick six in this play where Casey Thompson just stared this dude down to get him back in, get the Cowboys back in it. But man, Cowboys just they were not faced and they just beat them down. The pressure would not stop. They were sending three people and getting people home. Like man, their defense was was top notch. Tay Martin just great on the outside, um, but. The quarterback play in this game was, oh my goodness, Matt. Like, the Zach Robinson versus uh, Colt McCoy days are long gone. Uh, because Spencer Sanders versus Casey Thompson was, let me let me, let me do the uh, the meme here. It ain't it. And it was it was not it. It was, Casey Thompson uh, was was atrocious in this one. Just sailing balls. Uh, it it was bad. Um, lost a lot of confidence as the game went on. Hudson Carter to go in for a play because Thompson... Uh, got rocked. Um, but man, I think Sark called a good game. I thought Bijan Robinson was the best player on the field. Um, but Warren, man, 30 carries, bunch of yards, TD to ice it. Like they, they were, they were good. Okay. State was impressive, sir. Man, Zach Robinson and Colt McCoy days. That really, uh, that really brings me back right there. Mm. Was that 2009? Um, yeah, Oklahoma State just had to be impressed. Like everyone, no one's buying them, right? Week in and week out, but they just keep winning. So you have to watch them I to felt, understand them. Yeah, without a doubt. And I felt like going in, it felt like, like I think I said this on the podcast, like if this, this felt like the opportunity for a letdown for Texas, mm-hmm. you know, they just put so much into that Oklahoma game. And even though it's like if the game goes differently, it can almost be like a, a positive you know and it's like oh look look how close we are to being one of the top five teams in the country like you know we're on, we're on the right track but the way you just collapsed and now you lose to Oklahoma State and obviously Oklahoma State's a very good team but at home you lose to Oklahoma State the following week it, it almost feels like they allowed you know last week to to creep into this week and it's it's first year coach it's first year Sark and you know, this wasn't the year Texas, uh, you know, was was supposed to win anything. But uh, I'm curious to see how Texas move, bounces back moving forward, like with now consecutive losses. Absolutely. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Auburn, Arkansas. So my wondering here was uh, I my radar was just was off on this one where I was just like, I think I said before, I'm like, are we sure about Arkansas? Are we are we sure? And now we can we can just go ahead and put them in the bottom tier in the SEC West. Now look, this is the best division in college football. Being the the bottom tier there doesn't uh, it doesn't mean you're a bad football team. It just means there are still real problems. Uh, the Auburn offense figured some stuff out. Great Bo Nix game. Um, Tank Bigs we still can't get a lot done, but Auburn just stunted on uh, on Arkansas on this one. And our Auburn I think is a little bit better than we thought. And I think Arkansas is a little bit worse than the team that we saw early on, because I think right now Auburn's better. I think LSU Arkansas is going to be fascinating at this point. Uh, I think the Arkansas is down there in Miss State. So I think the two worst teams in the West this year are Miss State and Arkansas. And I think the A&M game was, was a fluke. And I think if you play See, that game a hundred times, A&M wins that game 90 plus. See, I don't, I don't know about that. hundred okay. percent. It is a valid point that, they face they face the early Calzada game, mm-hmm. so 
he's he's appeared he's a different to, player now. He's appeared to take some strides since then, but you can't take that away, that went away from him. Like mm-hmm. they, they did beat a Texas A&M on a neutral site. No, I'm just saying but context kind of now. What I was saying, like I think people were sleeping on Auburn. I think a lot. Mm-hmm. Like they could be the second best team in the West. Like Ole Miss could also be the second best team in the West, but like. They still have Mississippi State. They still have LSU (laughs) on the schedule. But I'm saying, if they have wins over Arkansas, or if Arkansas has wins over A&M, LSU, and Mississippi State, then they're clearly not at the very bottom of the SEC West. Like they, they're they're in the middle of the West. No, who are you putting in? Wait, who are you putting Arkansas in front of right now? I'm saying they've beaten A&M for. But if you're playing them right now, like what we know about A&M and what we know about Arkansas right now, week whatever, going into week eight. Do you think they're a better football team if they played again um, this I weekend? Mean, that's a valid point. I yeah. probably wouldn't pick them, but but that's I mean, what I'm saying. If we're recreating the the deck, if we're reshuffling the deck, LSU. they still have LSU and and Mississippi State. So mm-hmm. they could be they could easily be better than either of those teams. For sure, be the fourth, fifth best team in the in the West. Maybe fifth best team, I guess, in the West. Is that the bottom? And a seven team, fifth seems like middle, right? Three through five is basically the middle. One and two at the top. Six and seven at the bottom. Okay. Like, I feel like these are three straight losses. Like, so, you know, it's obviously not great, but, like, it's not like uh, Auburn just manhandled them or anything. Like, they had over 200 yards rushing. Like, they were moving the ball. Like, this was a very tight game the whole way, you know? Like, so... I feel like Arkansas is right there. I think that's just where the SEC West is. Like someone eventually is going to have to be on the bottom just because that's how standings work. But, but I think Arkansas is still like, I'm not just like, I don't know. I'm not just like selling Arkansas stock. Like they were just some huge pretender. You know, I think it's just, this is what the SEC West is and they're all going to play each other. Some are going to win, some are going to lose. And eventually uh, most of them are going to have like three or four losses, five losses on their schedule. Or on their record. I think the difference here, too, is just um, if you look at the numbers, because Arkansas was better in a lot of different key stats, but the one thing that jumped out to me, and I just think that this was the game, and this is the limitations of KJ Jefferson, um, who had 18 carries and 66 yards. He's just not a downfield threat, and Traylon Burks did what he could nine receptions, 109 yards, two TDs. But um, Bo Nix take chances downfield, and Bobo will take chances downfield, and Bryles did not, and. Uh, the, the difference in yards per attempt, 11.2 for Auburn as Knicks went up 21 for 26. KJ Jefferson, 6.5. You can't win football games in the SEC with a 6.5 yards per attempt. Like, that's just it's bad. It's just objectively bad. Can't win. Got to have some explosive downfield stuff against a team like Auburn. George did it a bunch. Yeah, for sure. Arkansas is definitely still still lacking a little something, but uh, I'm yeah, I'm definitely I'm not going to pretend to know how this uh, SEC West season is going to shake out. I don't know. I feel like I have a pretty good. I don't know. I feel a lot better about like where the SEC is as a whole right now. I feel like I got a pretty good understanding. But you think about it. Like obviously, you no no shade being thrown. Oh. You. You're you're a you're a Tennessee homer. You know, like you're very biased Tennessee fan. Incorrect. Like, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it fogs your... I was going to say, that's it. No, that's what biases football. is. It means it fogs it. I don't... I can look at them objectively. But it's like, you're... You show your bias with, with Tennessee. <laughs> Whatever. It, don't worry about it. Skip over the first part. <laughs> Ole Miss... Ole Miss... I feel like Tennessee is not one of the best teams in the SEC by Correct. stretch. You know, I think if you were making a power rankings right now, what are they? 10, 9 or so? Like, so... At full Ole strength? Miss to... 
I don't I don't know. I'm just saying, like at best, they're the eighth, ninth best team in the SEC, probably right okay. now. Like just just a they're rough somewhere in the middle. Time. Yeah, I mean, middle but like lower half. You know, it's like I don't they're think they're not lower half. The contenders by any means. I'm not trying to throw shade over here. I don't but think they're lower half. But Ole Miss, mm-hmm. like I'm still I'm still not sold on Ole Miss necessarily. Mm-hmm. And I think obviously going into Neyland super hostile environment as we saw okay but like tennessee this is a good team like this is a good team that can that has an explosive offense and Mm -hmm. you went on the road and you got a good sec road win right so i'm not taking anything away from ole miss but at the same time you just beat maybe the eighth or ninth best team in the sec by a touchdown or less than a touchdown it like ole miss could still trip up and lose another game on this schedule like that's like i think that Everyone is kind of solidifying them as clearly the number two in the West, but it's like, you know, they got LSU, they got Auburn, they got AM, they got at Mississippi State. I think Auburn is also on the road. Like, those are a lot of swing games for Ole Miss. Like, they might feel better than all those teams currently, but like, we haven't experienced Ole Miss consistently beating any of those teams. You know what I mean? So, it's, I think the jury is still out on, on how good Ole Miss still is. Mm hmm. All right. Uh, Florida LSU. Um, we talked about Richardson's postgame comments. We know now that Ed Orgeron, uh, it looks like, had already been on the way out before this one. Um, but he still... Do you remember when I said that, like, I heard the rumblings and I saw uh, someone on the uh, at The Athletic, I think it was Bruce Feldman who made this point a week ago, where I said in the pod, where I was like, I thought that, like, really stood out to me, that little nugget where he was like... Yeah, like, there's no one on the staff that's, like, capable of just being the interim for the rest of the year. So, when you were talking about Coach O being fired, I was like, I don't think he's going to get fired midseason. I think they're just going to drag this out because that made sense to me. When you look at the staff, I'm like, I don't know who's going to be the interim for half this season. And then they negotiate a thing where he just finishes it out. And you know what, man? I wish more coaches and more programs would do this. Like, Clay Helton, why couldn't he have just done this at USC? Just been like, yeah, this is it. Just keep it going till the end of the season and then you're out. Like, that's that's it. Like, why don't more programs? And it also prevents the interim from being too good where you have to consider keeping him. I would do that. I, I, I guess maybe coaches don't want to do it. I worry about the disgruntled employee, you know, oh. just like coming back to work for months <laughs> and months. Like, this guy's already checked out. He knows he's not back <laughs> next year. Like, true. He, he doesn't care. Like, he doesn't, like, you know, just maybe, maybe there's uh, some recruits visiting, you know, on certain weeks. It's like, mm-hmm. what, you want order on talking to the recruits? Like, and, and uh, when they're when they're visiting for the Alabama game, like <laughs> that's that's probably not a good idea. So I don't know. I um, it, it says something to where Ed Orgeron's at in his career, though. I think personally, mm-hmm. I think I think when a guy is an actual like legitimate head coach, not like <laughs> saying he's not a legitimate head coach, but. If he loses, like, after he gets fired from LSU, like, who wants Ed Orgeron as their head coach, honestly? Like, who's lining up not I mean, to be the head coach? That's a complicated thing because the off-the-field stuff is bad. Um, it's just like, I mean, I don't know. I, I would, it's so complicated because of that, the off-the-field stuff. It's just, I don't think he's it, fit to run a big program. I don't think he's capable of managing a major program. So, like... And, and it's a total package. That's everything mm-hmm. that goes into it. So, it's like... 
I think it kind of says something about him that he's like, you know what, just just let me keep coaching. I'll, mm-hmm. I won't do anything bad. Like, just let me keep coaching this season out, and then I'll leave. Like, don't, you won't have to worry about me again. But I feel like if you're a, if you still have, you know, opportunities out there, you you just kind of you get fired and whatever you you spend your time trying to figure out who you could assemble for your next staff or something like that. But it's like. Ordron, this feels like the end of him ever being a head coach, honestly, at least at like the power five level. Well, I think he already confirmed he's sitting sitting out next year. So I don't know. Also, he just would not be good on TV. I, I don't know what he does. Um, I might be and like just a, just as like a character, you know, just like people might tune in because he's just kind of ridiculous. Like. I could see that, but it's it's kind of like just like Gene Chizik, you know. We 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 talked about Gene Chizik's one year, just kind of fluke year, mm-hmm. you know. Clearly, that's kind of what happened to that Ordron. He's eight and seven versus Power Five teams since that national championship. Like, no, I don't think anyone's knocking on Gene Chizik's door to to be their next head coach. So I think that was just kind of I think it's run its course now. So he's like, yeah, I'll I'll enjoy a few more weeks coaching the team bringing up the 2019 team as often as I can so people can can remember that they did like me. There were some good times. It wasn't all bad. Mm. I mean, he did. I mean, he may have put together the best staff team in culture history. Like, that's still in play. Like, that's he'll be able to hold on to that forever. That 2019 LSU team was just, we'll remember that team forever. Like, that is one of the more, and also just the swag and the get the gat, get the gat, get the gat, like all of that. That whole season, that whole team, just uh, uh, pretty remarkable. What's a a better job to you, USC or LSU? LSU, no question. Okay, how many jobs are better than LSU, in your opinion? Alabama, Georgia. Ohio State. That's that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna probably have. And that's probably it. And Al- and then LSU at four. Yeah, okay. that's probably it. That's, so who do you think? Like, are there even a, like? I know it's like super early to talk about the next coach, mm-hmm. but like everyone's gonna want that LSU job. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's just. I think this is the worst thing that could happen to USC. I think it's the worst thing that could have happened to Michigan State. <laughs> Oh, you think Mel Tucker? There's too much smoke there. And he's already shown that if you offer him enough money, he'll leave. Like what he did to Colorado where he was just like, when he left that late in the process and just being like, no, and they kept throwing more money. And he's like, no, and they kept throwing him more money. And he was like, all right. So I think LSU has the resources to just keep throwing money. And I wonder about like a Billy Napier or something like that. Mm. Like obviously he knows Louisiana. Mm-hmm. But on a smaller level, like, I don't know. I could. Jimbo's uh, the LSU, wild card. Urban Meyer. No, he doesn't get <laughs> LSU it. You could honestly go for anybody. Yes, I think. But I feel like Lane Kiffin, honestly, is just. I feel like he's just going to learn from his original mistake of like leaving Tennessee too early. Like he's building something at Ole Miss, and I think he should just stay put. I also don't think bigger programs will put up with it. Like he still can't help himself with all kinds of stuff. I don't think the popcorn ready. Like I just don't think this stuff works at a big program like i just See, don't i think almost every job that opens up in 2021 or 2022 would love to have lane kiffin as their disagree coach like like if dan mullen like if dan mullen gets fired next year from florida i feel like they would love to have lane kiffin as their next head coach like mm. lsu might love to have lane kiffin as their head coach like i think 
I don't know. I, I feel like Lane Kiffin has a lot of has a lot of things going for him. I think right now, we'll see. We'll see. Um, BYU Baylor Baylor rolls for another one. I am so excited for Baylor OU. OU still has Baylor and Oklahoma State on this schedule. Matt Green, do you think they escape both? Yeah, it's tough because, like I said, I feel like they they look like an actual top three team in the country with Caleb Williams uh, at quarterback. But but yeah, this schedule it's about to get it's about to get serious for sure. And I I like this Baylor team a lot. Like this is just your your classic Big Twelve matchup, right? Baylor Baylor knocking off BYU. Like this is mm-hmm. what we this is what we've always <laughs> always grew up on. But yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, those are really the only two that I would worry about. I mean, obviously Iowa State. That game doesn't look nearly as interesting as it as we thought before the season started. But uh, yeah, there's some uh, there's some landmines out there for sure. Uh, Pittsburgh Vatek. Uh, this was an easy one. Vatek just doesn't have the offense. Um, why is Kenny Pickett not in the Heisman conversation? That is something that I wanted to ask you. They have a top three offense and everything that matters. Kenny Pickett's just been a star in year 19 in Pittsburgh. Um, I don't know why, what is it about Pitt that people are just like not, uh, not jumping on there. They might be the best team in the ACC. Yeah, they honestly might be. I think, I don't know. Cause it's like Clemson's not even really that good anymore. Clemson's not so. good. We can just go ahead and end this. Like just for what you can call it a mulligan year, whatever Penn state just had it this past year, but like they're bad. Like we just need to treat them as a bad football team. But it's still like the brand is still there. Yeah. So, but it's not week, reality. Pittsburgh, I'm saying this week Pittsburgh plays Clemson. Like mm-hmm. the ACC, this is just a problem. Like Clemson had that built-in cachet every year in mm-hmm. the ACC. So, you know they're going through this this week schedule, but you know they're good, so you just kind of ignore it and you still hype up the things they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like we don't know who's good in the ACC. So when when Kenny Pickett's doing this against Virginia Tech and georgia tech like those are the only two acc teams they've played so far so obviously tennessee's looks like a good team but the the defense was you know questionable early on in the season it looks like it's getting better but there's still just not not really many marquee games to say oh well kenny pickett did this against that team so you know he's good you know what i mean so I think maybe if you see a big performance and they knock off Clemson, maybe people will start getting uh, giving Pittsburgh a little credit because, yeah, I mean, this is the number one scoring offense in the country. And, and like, when does the national media not talk about the team that's the number one scoring offense in the country, right? Like, this is, this is a sexy team, and you'd think uh, they'd get a little, more, a little more hype. That's what I've been saying. That's what I've been saying. Quality loss for 10 there a few weeks back. Um yeah, doubt that loss to Western Michigan though. That just it was so that's weird. Where it's really hurting. Yeah, yeah. It's so uncharacteristic of you know every other game they've had this year. NC State, Boston College, NC State, laying it to your your Boston College Eagles, Matt Green. Yeah, my uh, my Eagles didn't get it done this week. So mm. uh, NC State, uh. Devin Leary came to play this week, so shout out to the Wolf Pack getting the dub, pretty much cruising in that one. That was an easy one. It really was. Um, NC State, man, do they play Pitt in the regular season? Um, I don't believe they do. No, they don't, don't play Pitt. Oh man, because as you know, NC State is in the Atlantic, right? Pitt is in the coast, as one because knows, so yes. good mm-hmm. with those conferences. Um, 
But yeah, Pitt and Clemson, of course, is in the Atlantic. So NC State's definitely got the uh, the fast track to that uh, to that division. But November thirteenth, they got to go to Winston Salem to be to play the. Uh, we'll see if Wake Forest is still undefeated at that point. But I mean, is that's that's where the ACC Atlantic is is legit <laughs> going to be decided this year? Is on November thirteenth, NC State at Wake Forest, like. What game a, day, what let's go. Gotta love college football. Game day's praying for that, honestly, because that's a that's a game you never get to see. When was mm. the last time game day went to went to Wake Forest? I don't think they've ever been, right? There's no reason there for them to ever been. There's there's that one team they had. Did they win the ACC? The Riley Skinner they team? Went to the ACC game? Oh man. Was it Riley I Skinner? The Orange Bowl? I'll have to I'll have to look that up. Okay. Riley Skinner. It might have been a Riley Skinner team. Um, I'll be back to you on that. Okay. Iowa State, K-State. K-State can't get it done. Iowa State riding the ship. We we talked beforehand that this was a big one for Iowa State, that they they could not drop a third loss here before we even get to get to November. But uh, I think they, they showed some stuff against K-State, a good K-State team. Uh, what did you make of the Cyclones this weekend? Yeah, this uh, they they took care of business as well. I um, I was definitely, you know, someone who had jumped off the Iowa State mm-hmm. uh, bandwagon. So, although I was probably never on the Iowa State bandwagon to be honest, but you know, they went into the little apple, and um, I questioned their ability to do that. So, gotta give them, gotta give them some credit. Brees Hall, thirty carries, hundred ninety-seven yards, two TDs. Brock Purdy, twenty-two of twenty-five on the day. Good, good effort for the for the clones. Um, next, and, um, mm. to go back to Wake Forest, that was Riley Skinner as their, uh, as a good call by you. They uh, went eleven and three that year, won the ACC, and lost to Louisville in the Orange Bowl. So, uh, yeah, that was the that was the team I was thinking of. Beat Georgia Tech nine to six <laughs> in the ACC championship in Jacksonville. I want to say. Joshua Nesbitt was the quarterback in that one. No, that was Reggie Ball. No way that was Reggie Ball. Was, yeah, Reggie Ball was the quarterback in that one. Are I'm, you looking at that? Wait, what year did you just say? This is 2006. Was Reggie Ball still at Tech in 2006? Yes, this was uh, Calvin Johnson. This was the year, okay. uh, I think Calvin Johnson's junior year at uh, yeah at Georgia Tech. That's wild. I cannot believe he was uh, he was still there in 2006. I felt like 19... I, I don't know. I, I just placed Reggie Ball before that. Um, Stone Mountain legend Reggie Ball, for that matter. Um, I lost my train of thought. You know, he and Craig Lumpkin. Craig Lumpkin. Did Stevenson. they both go to Stevenson? Yeah. Okay. Craig Lumpkin. Now, that is a name I have not heard in a long time. Um, Air Force knocks off the Broncos. It is an off year for Boise and BYU. Yeah, I was um I was going back and forth on that one. I um You're just not a Troy Calhoun guy. Boise, yeah, the fact that Boise State was a six point favorite, that that made me think maybe the uh maybe the odds makers knew something I didn't, that he had they had an advantage over Air Force, but uh I should have believed in the Falcons. Got mm. it done. There you go. There you go. Uh last one on our pick'em. Man, Arizona State. You had the playoff right there. 
You you just were staring at it. And then remember, you gave me some flack for making the case for the Sun Devils last week on the pod. But I still took Utah. Still took Utah. Um, they rose to the challenge. Utah's good. Cam Rising has been much better than Charlie Brewer there. Uh, just a just a bad loss for the Devils. Like the uh, Utah Utah's good, but man, if they had won that one, if they had won on the road in in Salt Lake, they were uh, they were looking at a, a date with Oregon in uh, the Pac-12 title game with a potential national or college football playoff appearance on the line, but that is now gone for Jaden Daniels and uh, the Fighting Sun Devils. Well, and I told you this was going to happen, and I still didn't pick it. I was mm. like, we're all we're all saying Arizona State is good. Like, okay, now we're all sure they're legit. And I knew they weren't going to win. Like, I picked them, and I was like, I'm, I'm picking them, but I almost guarantee, like, once we think we have we know something in the Pac-12, it just it flips right around. So, yeah. And honestly, if I would have known all of the tributes they were going to be doing for uh for Ty Jordan and the uh and the other the other guy who uh who passed away this year uh number 22 Aaron Lowe if I Aaron Lowe if I would have known they had everything like that going on their side you know I definitely would have picked Utah but um but that, yeah. I don't like that because it puts pressure on the team and it's just like we don't know how the kids are going to respond to losing their teammate like that's just not fair to like extrapolate and just get in the minds of these kids losing two teammates in less than a year to just unbelievably horrible situations like i don't know man that that was horrible for them i still i don't even know how they played on saturday i i just i, I without a doubt i couldn't and, imagine um even though yes college game day might not have tom rinaldi anymore but they still got those same tear jerkers in their uh on their schedule like uh they did a great piece on this whole situation and they mm-hmm. talked about it like because these dudes were like best friends yes from like the same high school in texas so like these people that were friends of theirs were basically saying like it's like the exact same thing happened like it's like we're reliving ty jordan's death because it's like the entire utah football team came like the entire like everything about it it's like they, they're in the same friend circle so the exact same people essentially showed up to just do part two of this just you know tragedy of 20 21 year old kids dying you know it's just super sad but yeah they did an awesome piece about it on uh, on game day that was that was really well done. I did not have a dry eye when that piece was over. I'll tell you that right now. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Matt, you ready to run the remainder of Saturday's action? Yeah, man. Let's do it. So Nevada beats Hawaii 34-17, moved to 5-1 and one on the season. Um, Jay Norvell probably deserves a look at one of these Power 5 openings from USC. Like, I'm, I'm considering it. What he's done at Nevada is incredible. Um Shout out to the Wolfpack. I just I would strongly consider him if I'm a Power Five program looking for a stable guy who you know at the very least can win win football games at a rough place to win football games. Carson Strong, thirty four of fifty four, three ninety five. Um, the first three quarterbacks taken in next year's draft might be Corral, Willis, and Carson Strong. It's pretty wild. Nevada, Liberty, and Ole Miss might have the three quarterbacks taken. Um, first and next year's draft pretty well utep would you like to guess what their record is now after seven weeks sir oh the miners mm-hmm. uh what are they were they undefeated 
Six and one undefeated in the CUSA beat Louisiana Tech oh, nineteen nice. to three over the weekend. Shout out to the Miners who've been awful for so long now. Good for them. Good for UTEP. Good for El Paso. Washington's dreadful offense continues. They go down twenty four seventeen to UCLA. UCLA moves on to five and two. If you recall, also Matt Green last week, I said Army was going to keep it close against Wisconsin, and folks should tune in to see if Army was going to beat Wisconsin. They lose 20-14. Close game. Graham Mertz, 8-15 of 15 for 112 yards. Um, Man, pretty much exactly what you thought Yes, this Wisconsin offense was. It's just... Oh, man. It's unbelievable that that this team, with how good they are defensively, they just can't. They don't have a pulse offensively. No. Uh, Washington State, 34-31. Stanford reeling. 3-4 and four now on the season. Um, we got... Colorado State over New Mexico. Tate Martell got a got a sighting here for the Lobos. Um, a stunner in Monroe. Shout out to our guy, Terry Bowden, still rocking the suit and tie on the sidelines down there at ULM. Do you know what they do? They beat Liberty in Hugh Freeze. 31-28. 3-3 on the season. This program was left for dead. Leek Willis, 23 carry, 157 yards in this one. Didn't matter. Chandler Rogers in the fighting. What are they, Warhawks now? My misremembering. Oh, uh, that sounds right. Yeah, I think, about that. I think that's right. Shout out to the Warhawks beating that uh, those Liberty Flames and Hugh Freeze there. Um, we got Kansas. I did, this was a bad bet for me. I'm sorry for the folks who who bought into my Kansas against Texas Tech. Love. Uh, they got destroyed. <laughs> I was skeptical. I was skeptical. Anytime, anytime anyone says anything about the Kansas football team that's positive, I'm uh, I'm skeptical. Great uniforms, though. Did you see what Kansas was rocking on Saturday? Oh, you like those? You didn't like them? Not a fan. Ooh, interesting. Okay. What was the... Was there... I saw, like, the LED lights. When they, like, <laughs> they, like, glow in the dark or something. It's like, well, well, that's cool. You're not going to be playing in the dark. But, you know, I like I like where your head's at. <laughs> I like where your head's at. They're ready for anything, you know, those Jayhawks. That's but what no, people say. I was not a fan. They don't, they don't look... My my big thing on uniforms is, you know, you can rock some alternates, do your thing, but you got to keep the identity of the team. Like, I looked at that, and I was like, that did not look like Kansas. That just looked like the the powder blue, baby blue, like whatever. I don't know. I don't know what that was all about. Never seen Kansas rock baby blue. Hmm. Um, Vanderbilt what's 20. It's your, uh, your, your uniform nugget for the day. Hey, I like it. That's what you, that uh, that's that's one of your bread and butters here on this podcast. Um, Vanderbilt twenty, South Carolina twenty one. Goodness gracious! Um, back and forth affair in this one. That's what you want to hear when you're South Carolina fan. It's back and forth with Vanderbilt late. Um, it looks like this our Vanderbilt. Yeah, this Vanderbilt team has felt a lot worse than than some in recent years. Like. Oh man, like South Carolina is a lot further away than they think than they, 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 I think they thought they were. It, it's bad. Uh Zeb Nolan will be starting again. Uh we learned next week. So Zeb back at, back in the saddle for the for the Gamecocks. Uh Arizona blinked, fall to 0 and 6. Um Colorado gets back in the 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 win column here. Carl Durrell, Jed Fish, two coaches who will not be coaching at their programs in the next 3 years. Um, speaking of Western Michigan, 64-31 over Kent State. We got um, Miami going down to, uh, uh-oh, which ACC team did we think was going to win it this year, Bull? Um, that did not happen. It's North Carolina-Miami. It looked like before the season, this could be a college game day game. Nope. 
Didn't happen. North Carolina wins 45-42. They get over 500 to 4-3. and three. Uh, Just, I don't think Manny Diaz is going to survive this. Still winless in the ACC to this point. Um, I will say, you're talking mm-hmm. uniforms, though. The the all baby blue versus the all white. This is a great uniform <laughs> game. I would, I would agree. Some love for that. I love North Carolina bus, not the Argyle in football. I don't know. I just feel like it's a it's a sick thing. It's kind of UNC's thing. But um, but yeah, this game. Wow, like these two teams were ranked both top. What my name was what top fifteen at the start of the year. Like now they're two and four. North Carolina's four and three. Like wow, these two teams are have to be. Two of the more disappointing teams in the country. I think North Carolina probably takes the cake as the as the most disappointing team in college football this year. Although Clemson's up there too, so the ACC is just is filled with those candidates. Well, Matt Brown said that's your fault. Um, UConn twenty one. <laughs> that's, that's on us. Yes. <laughs> Yale fifteen. UConn did it. One and seven. Shout out to the Huskies beating the 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 frisky Yale Bulldogs up there in connecticut shout out to them what is it stores stars what is it Soars? sars connecticut where do they play um is yeah, it Soars? I, I don't know I sorry don't know. my apologies connecticut faithful northwestern 21 Rutgers seven minnesota this one probably went under the radar for some folks minnesota now quietly back to four and two minnesota 30 nebraska 23 Ooh. Um, yeah, I think this one hurts because I think, you know, Nebraska had some some positive momentum, you know, some some moral victories and some of these close losses they've had, if you will. So I think, you know, there's there's this feeling that the the ship was moving in the right direction to, to drop this game at Minnesota. That is that is one of the ones you thought you could win. So that's a that's a tough loss, especially you got Purdue and Ohio State. And then at Wisconsin and Iowa, like this could be Nebraska's not going bowling. Losses. This could be six straight losses then the season, honestly. Like they're three and five right now. This this could be a three and nine team, honestly. And I think that's it. I for feel Frost. Like it, I feel like it's four it's it's a five win team at the absolute most. Because they could beat Wisconsin. Like mm-hmm. I don't think Wisconsin, if you can't score, you can't you can't win. So I don't know. I would be I would be very surprised if Nebraska. I, I, yeah, I would be shocked if Nebraska is is bowling at the end of the year. Texas A&M thirty five, Mizzou fourteen. Isaiah Spiller runs all over the Mizzou defense as everyone has this season. Um, we get Indiana, who I told you would cover against Miss Michigan State. You weren't you were pooping on Tom Allen's Hoosiers, but they play good defense up there in Bloomington. Are you? Uh, do you have? Are you remem- misremembering this, sir? No, I was putting the I was putting the Spartans on upset alert this week. Were you? I thought uh, I thought this was a trap game. Okay. Uh, for Michigan State the week before Michigan mm-hmm. going on the road and yeah, Indiana almost pulled off the upset, but um. I'm excited for uh, for the undefeated Michigan versus Michigan State matchup. Last three here. Mississippi State, unfortunately, had to play Alabama after a loss. Just a just an all-time bad spot to be in. Bama 49, Mississippi State 9. Um, TCU 31, Oklahoma 52. Kennedy Brooks woke up in this one. Um, Oklahoma's offense is, is back. I think they're fine. Um, actually, we have two more. Cincinnati 56, UCF 21, 3 and 3. It turns out this was why I was before the season, man. Everyone was putting, I want to pull these up. Gus Malzahn, best hire of the offseason. 
Gus Mel's on this. Gus Mel's on that. Gus Mel's on is doing a worse job at UCF than Josh Heupel. Josh Heupel, I think, in the year of 2021, is a better football coach than Gus Mel's on. Um, That's a good call. And I was one of those saying, you know, UCF could potentially be a better job than Tennessee right now with the with the expanded playoff and all that. And now UCF becoming a big 12 team, like uh, their chances of getting to the playoff being better than they are at Tennessee. But, but yeah, Heupel is definitely, I think Tennessee definitely uh, got the better of that hire. Last one, the stunner of the weekend, Purdue 24, Iowa seven. We knew this was going to happen, right? We knew the Iowa offense was going to somehow come back to bite them at some point. And Jeff Brom does it. David, Stinking Bell, my friend. 11 receptions, 240 yards, and a TD. You will see him on Sundays, folks. Oh, my goodness. Purdue laying the... Let me check my notes here. Hammer. Do you get it? Hammer and Rails. Shout out to that Purdue blog on SB Nation. Um, Oh, man. Go Boilers. (laughs) Go Boilers. Love this. David Bell is the Hawkeye killer. Are you aware of that? No. This guy, this is third game against Iowa. Mm. You, you want me to read you his game <laughs> logs against the Hawkeyes? As a freshman, he had 13 for 197 and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Then as a sophomore, 13 for 121 Ooh. and three touchdowns. This past Saturday, 11 for 240 and a touchdown. This guy has 37 catches for 558 and five <sighs> touchdowns in three games against the Hawkeyes. They are mm. praying this man goes to the NFL because they <laughs> cannot guard him. Like, I feel for Iowa, honestly. Like, no one no one was really, you know, giving them credit as far as being a playoff contender. Like, when you talked about the contenders from the Big Ten, I think everyone was saying whoever comes out of the Big Ten East, that's the contender for the playoff. And, you know, you feel for them because it turns out it looks like they're right because for Iowa to look – to just lose it, just be a manhandled like this in a game versus a Purdue team at home. Also, like this offense, just you know, they just didn't do. Any, and and this is the one thing we've worried about. Like, if they don't win the turnover battle, and obviously they lost it bad in this one, four to one. Like, if they don't win the turnover battle, like they haven't moved the ball enough. Like, and and that was the question too. Is like they're they're playing with a short field. So it's almost like playing a weak schedule. Like, well, you know, we're starting at the 30 and we're only getting 30 yards and scoring. So you can't really, you know, you can't really criticize us for just getting as far as we need to get. But for being a, such a good defensive team, I think your identity when you're this good of a defensive team has to be running the ball. If you're not going to be an explosive offense, you have to at least be able to rely on running the ball. And all season, they have not been a dominant running game, uh, running team. So I felt like they were just kind of a ticking time bomb. I was not expecting uh, this week to be the week that that they lost, but this is uh, this is where we are. Twenty twenty one college football season. It's madness. Mm. There you go. There you go. Uh, that is all I've got on the games. Is it time for our last segment, the sticker segment? Where we add a sticker, helmet sticker that is, and we take one off for those who didn't earn it. My ads, Matt Green. David Bell, as you just outlined beautifully, 11 catches, 240 yards as the Hawkeye killer up there in Iowa City. Uh, Warren for OK State, just running all of them. Guy we didn't really talk about, Tyrion Davis-Price, 
36 carries, 287 yards, three TDs. Like that is just when people are like, oh, why Grantham? What, what's why, why is Grantham gone? Oh, it's uh, 36 carries for 287 and three TDs by that LSU. That uh, that LSU offensive line's bad, and that LSU offensive just system was broken coming into that one. So just a bad look all around. I'm also going to give one to yeah, Carson yeah, and Bo Nix as well. Because yeah, I that was one of mine as well. Was t- uh, Terion Davis Price that LSU rushing single game rushing record? But mm. yeah, uh, Bo Nix. I, I want to give Brian Harson uh, a shout out just for sticking with Bo Nix because mm-hmm. I think after that Georgia State game, we were all thinking, you know, this Bo Nix experiment, whatever you want to call it, this has run its course. Like it just feels like you know it kind of had plateaued, and you know the last few weeks you've seen Bo Nix, you know, make some plays and really just. Do it, do what Auburn needs to to get some of these big time wins they've gotten. Like obviously they they had the loss to Georgia, but you know the the win over Arkansas, the win over LSU, like those are two big wins. And if if Harson, if this can be a nine and three team year one, like that's a that's a great start for his Auburn tenure. Absolutely. Um, removing some stickers, Joe Milton. For obvious reasons, I just I he cannot play on set. I don't care what Harrison Bailey looks like in practice. He has to play the rest of the way. I cannot handle Joe Milton uh, for weeks on end if Hooker is out and it's it's bad. Just, like just running out of I could not believe what happened. I just folks, if you've not seen it, Joe Milton running out of bounds on the last play of the game. He knew going in that was the last play of the game. Doesn't throw the ball in the end zone. Instead, runs for a little bit and then instead of getting hit or diving or lateraling or something, he just it was, proceeds it was to run like out of bounds. It was the complete opposite of that Hunter Henry, uh, Alex Collins play mm-hmm. Arkansas Ole Miss years ago. Like, yeah. Game's over. I'm just going to throw it and try to keep it alive. And somehow Alex Collins picked it up and ran for the first down. It's like, oh, this is the last game. Game uh, Game's on the line right here, last play. I'm just going to – I don't want to get hit. <laughs> I'm just going to duck out at the 10 and uh, – Game over. Oh man, just such a such an anticlimactic way to end that one too. That was just it was crazy on Saturday night. Dan Mullen, for obvious reasons, Clemson struggling, struggle bus to get through Syracuse. Um, just a, a, a nightmarish season continues for the Tigers and those fans. Um, I'm gonna remove one last one. Michigan State fans, joy. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Things are great. 7-0. and East Lansing's rocking. The best D offense you've seen in a lot of your lifetimes, uh, which is pretty remarkable. Um, I just, I'm, I would be very concerned. Like, now you have to worry about LSU the rest of the way. Now you have to worry because, like, apparently he has a lot of people within LSU who are big fans of Mel Tucker. The Nick Saban connections, obviously. But, man, uh, if, you're a, if you're a Spartan fan, cl- clutch this season tightly because I... My instinct tells me this is this is it for for Tucker there. You can't win yeah, a title at Michigan State. You can, can win a title at LSU. See, I, I I mean it's it's obviously a better job than Michigan State, but I wouldn't be as quick to say you can't win a title at, at Michigan State. Like I mean, they were in a college football playoff. What are mm-hmm. there? There's probably single digit programs that have even made a college football playoff. So sure. like that that right by itself says that they're capable, but. Yeah, I mean, if if LSU comes knocking, like you just can't you just can't say no to that. Like that's one of like we said, one of those short list uh, jobs of the year. What I thought you were alluding to when talking about Michigan State fans, joy, mm. we got 
undefeated Michigan mm-hmm. in East Lansing versus undefeated Michigan State. And college game day is going to Oregon UCLA. Wait, are they really? What are we doing here? <laughs> this is a, a rivalry game, and it's a top 10 undefeated matchup? Like, there's no question. What was the last time you went to Michigan State? There's no, like, you know, there's no fatigue about going to Michigan State. Like, oh, man, it's it's also October. Like, it's not even got, it hadn't even gotten super cold yet up in Michigan. I'm sure it's cold, but... Yeah, I was just shocked when I saw earlier uh, that they announced it not being East Lansing this week. I thought for sure this would be national game of the week. That's bonkers. I didn't know they did that. Um, wow. It'll be a, it'll be big noon Saturday, I'm sure, right? I, I mean, that, oh, you know what? It works out. Better program. Oh, yo. I'm looking at it wrong. That's my mistake. Michigan State's got a bye week this week. So uh, Michigan's the next game. That's not next week. Okay. So I'll allow it. <laughs> I'll allow it this time, game day. You're, uh, you get away with this one. Michigan's got Northwestern this week. So uh, hopefully they don't get tripped up and, and we do have a top 10 uh, matchup. Is that the is that the Paul Bunyan? No, I think is that, that might Michigan State, Penn State. I think there's a trophy for Michigan State, Michigan, right? Uh, I know there's one for nope. Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota. So Wisconsin, Minnesota, that's Paul Bunyan's ass. Yeah, I don't. But there's like a Paul Bunyan trophy. I'm pretty sure. Mm. I don't know. I'll, I'll 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 look into that. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, that is all I've got, my friend. Went to Carnes Oak Ridge on Thursday. Uh, they moved that to the rivalry week here in East Tennessee. Beautiful game, but uh, Deshaun Bishop running back out of Carnes, Tennessee's looking at him. He's a little uh, Bijan Robinson, just uh, just a impossible to to defend for these these kids. But uh, yeah, Oak Ridge Falls again. Rough year for for my Wildcats up here in Tennessee. That's tough, man. But uh, also to update you, I was correct that is the Paul Bunyan trophy mm-hmm. is what Michigan and Michigan state for. So I know the uh, listeners were, were hanging on that. They needed that, that trivial information. Absolutely. Um, did you watch North Gwinnett and Collins Hill on TV this past week? Um, I did not, but I saw that Kirby smart made the trip. He was did on he? the sideline for Hunter or who? Took Sam that, Horn took that Kirby copter. Who was he watching? Kirby. Kirby he goes to see it all, man. <laughs> But probably, probably Travis Hunter. You know, you gotta okay. get in. Uh, you gotta get in his ear. I was gonna say he's out, wasn't he? He didn't even play. Yeah, he uh, is out. Well, there you go. More time to talk on the sidelines. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure you're not allowed to do that, right? I'm sure there's some <laughs> sort of rule. Because I saw American Kirby on game day this week. Because, or maybe it was game day. Maybe it was on Fine Bomb or something. He was talking like, "Oh, so what's the plan for for you know the coach on on Friday?" He's like, "Well." You know, I'm going to go see a game tonight. I can't say what game. You know, to be against the rules. So it's like he 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 knows every everything he's allowed to do and not allowed to do on the recruiting trail. That's uh that's his jam for sure. There you go. There you go. Matt Green, we can follow you on Twitter. Matt underscore W underscore Green. Uh, anything else you would like to plug as we wrap up here late tonight? That's all I got, man. I just want to remind everyone to never stop the chop. Mm. Just keep it going. Braves 2-0 two, two in the NLCS. Got to love it. 
There you go. There's no way these Atlanta Braves could hurt us. There's no way an Atlanta sports team could uh, could blow a 2-0 lead this in the NLCS. Team, this is the first team that is incapable of hurting us because they're playing with house money. Like, no one is expecting this team to win the World Series. Like, obviously, we're rooting for it. You are this preposterous team... if you don't think people are going to lose their minds if they go up 3-0 and lose this series. I mean, if they go up 3-0, like, that, yeah. That's I mean, a... if they're up 3-1 again. That's a, I mean, yeah, but it. I don't think people are gonna lose their minds because it's like. Oh, this team, you're you're mistaken, sir. <laughs> I don't think so. You are I mistaken. Think these are taking a logical approach with this. Specific they are not. Team they're they're fans. The injuries and Acuna not being there, like you're not gonna be logical really has, about this. What? This what is happening? No business being there. Though. It doesn't so matter. Just, you don't think about any of that. That's what you think about in January. It's not what you think about this year. That's just not. I, I don't know. I don't think so. I think. Uh, okay. I think, I think it's a successful season. The fact they've gotten this. Well, far. either way, we're not there yet. We don't have to do the. We don't have to worry about that yet because exactly. right now they're, they're up to go. We got Charlie Morton going game three. We're gonna go win that thing in four games. Bring the World Series to Atlanta. Mm. It's what it's what Hank would have wanted. There you go. There you go. Matt Green, talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.